0: Church, good morning, church. Come on, let's get it going, man. Oh, man, and again, every time that's playing, I asked him this morning, Can you turn up a little bit this morning? Great job, yeah, just gonna do a little something, something, right? We're in the house of the Lord, we're doing it. Hey, good morning, to all of you who are joining us online as well. We love the fact that we can connect with you that way. We pray that God's word reaches you today in a meaningful way, and also, good morning to all of you who are new with us this morning. You know, if you're new with us, welcome, welcome to Vertical Church, come on. We love the fact that you are here, we've been praying that you would show up, and I also pray that you, too, uh, connect with God in a meaningful way today, that, that you here, or you online, or any of us in this room, walk away this morning, know how much God loves you, all right, amen, all right? Man, we... Uh, I love the fact that we can come together and sing praises of God and celebrate life change through his son, Jesus Christ, and that's what we're called to do as a church, and I just want to share with you this morning, we have another reason to be celebrating. If you could just show me that slide, that'd be absolutely awesome. Hashtag heaven rejoice, church. Come on. Come on, let me just explain this. This means when you see this on our social media, when you see this on a Sunday morning, you understand that that means someone this week through the ministry of Vertical Church accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Come on. Come on. And this happens to be a young lady through our Vertical Student ministry. This past Wednesday, Pastor Dre shared the gospel. She raised her hand and she surrendered her life to Christ and we will rejoice. Why? Because that's what heaven does, right? Right? That's what heaven does. He says, I tell you in the same way, there were more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. So we want to do some good things. That's amazing. But we want to hear heaven roar. Man, what we do is we lead people to Jesus, right? That's what we call the church. This is why we exist. We exist as a church to make more and better disciples of Jesus Christ. That's what we're called to do. That's what we're going to do. And God is working in his church. Amen. Keep on sharing the gospel, church. Keep on sharing the gospel. Well, this morning, we continue into this amazing series that we've been walking through uh, called Throwing Shade. You know, as we dig into this series, God has been teaching us through his word to simply to watch our mouths. Watch our mouths, and at the same time, he is reshaping our hearts. You know, our mouths are pretty dangerous. Yeah. Our mouths are pretty powerful. In fact, Salma says they're the, they're the power of bringing life and death into a situation. We can use our mouths to lift people up. We can use our mouths to tear people down. And we have to choose what kind of people we're going to be. And I love this because it's not just a mouth problem, man. Jesus makes it really, really clear. It goes beyond our lips and our tongue, and he points to our hearts. In Matthew chapter 12, I think you're going to see it on the screen. It says, out of the mouth, I mean, the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. The mouth speaks what the heart is full of. That means what's deep inside of who you and I are, our hearts. The core of who we are is what comes out of our mouths. And if we choose to speak death and darkness, that means there's some death and darkness in the corners of our hearts. I don't know about you, but that scares me. There's some junk in the corner that wants to come out and just tear people down. God, work on that today. God, work on that in all of our hearts today. And as the center of this series, we've been walking through one core verse. You can see it on the screen. It's, it's Ephesians 4, 29. It says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of our mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that may benefit those who listen. We're actually going to be digging into this verse today. We're going to be breaking this verse down. Our target number three, we've been hitting some zingers the last couple weeks, but today our target that comes in the way of the world of unwholesome talk is this idea of gossip. Friends, gossip, gossip is an image crusher. Gossip is a relationship killer. If you want to take someone down from the outside, just start talking about them behind their backs. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if many in this room this morning have been a victim of gossip in their lives. And it's not good. It doesn't feel well. I wouldn't be surprised if people, many people in this room know someone who loves the gossip. Eyes up here. Don't be looking at a room. Don't be elbowing your spouse or your kids, right? Eyes up here. But the truth is, gossip has, has seems to become a standard part of our culture. It seems like we need to have it in our lives to get through the week. It seems to be becoming necessary a part of our conversations. Let me just share some phrases. Let me see if these, any of these words sound familiar to you. I'm not supposed to tell anyone about this, but did you hear? Wait until you hear what everyone is saying about. Those those sound familiar? Phrases for you? I can't tell anyone about this. I'm not supposed to tell anyone about this, but I think it's something you should know. Did you hear what happened to? Open the door. Enter gossip. For some reason... When we hear these words or these phrases, man, we get sucked in. We get sucked right in like, okay, here it is, here it is. Our ears perk up. We get all excited. Our heart starts beating a little bit faster like, ooh, I'm gonna get some stuff. I'm gonna get some stuff. And we wait impatiently to hear the next juicy story. We're like, come on, just tell us the good things. You know, King Solomon, one of the wisest men who ever lived, Wrote about this, what gossip is in Proverbs 18, verse 8. Look what he says. The words of a gossip are like choice morsels. Choice morsels. They go down to the innermost parts. And as I read that verse and I hear what Solomon was saying, I think this is the very problem that we face. Not just here in a church, in, in the world, in our society, in our culture. The junk that people want to spread about others is so delicious to us, so delicious to our ears. And when we hear things from, we're not supposed to be hearing, we take a bite and we act like, mm, mm, mm. That was so good, girl. <laughs> Boy. And we crave some more, and we want some more, and then we want some more, and more, until we're temporarily satisfied. Oh, don't worry, I'll come back for a second helping in a bit, but right now I'm okay. We all want some good eats, How so will come get some more good eats later. It's kind of like this. Anybody here been in a Texas Roadhouse? Yeah man, I love me some Texas Roadhouse. Let me tell you what. They have got one of the best bacon cheeseburgers ever, okay? They cook it right for one and it is good, good, good. You guys like Texas Roadhouse? Come on. Raise your hand, show me. Come on. All right. So here's the thing. You go to Texas Roadhouse, you get you wait like 4 or 5 hours to find a table. And they finally sit you down, and they what do they put on the table right in front of you? Oh, those rolls. They're hot, and they're looking good. And they bring that stinking cinnamon butter. Come on. You with me? Now, I don't know about you. I'm just going to throw this out. I'm not going to say you do this. I'll put myself on the stage here. When they come to our table, man, we go at it. We go at it. Boom, boom, boom. Three down, four down, next basket, please. Right? As soon as they hit the first one down, I say, keep on coming. And they're so stink good. Let me just tell you, a little trick, a little helpful hint. Me, because I love you. Get a basket before you go, so you can put it in your to-go, and you take it home, and let you tell you what. You cut it in half, and you put it in the toaster the next day, and put that cinnamon butter on it. Mmm! Oh. Mmm! <laughs> <laughs> Tasty morsels. You can't just have one. That's what we think and feel when it comes to gossip. It's good stuff. It tastes so good to our ears to hear that information. But in all reality, it's not gossip, is. Gossip is like a story that I remember hearing a while back, and it was a pastor, and one day. He hadn't seen a woman well, at church in a while. She was an elderly lady. He went to go visit her and make sure she was okay and stopped by. He knocked on her door on a Sunday afternoon. She let him in. She asked, how you doing? How you doing? Can I get you a cup of drink? And they just start talking about life and what's going on through life. Well, while the pastor's sitting there, he noticed that there's a, there's a bowl of peanuts on the table. So he's, he was like, I'm a little snacky hungry. So he starts eating the peanuts. And they're going along and going along and they're having a conversation. He gets ready to leave and he looks down and he realizes he ate the whole bowl of peanuts. He's like, oh, snap. And he looked at the lady and he said, listen, I am so sorry that I ate all those peanuts. And she says, no problem, sweetie. Now that I don't have teeth, I don't know what to do with the peanuts after I suck all the chocolate off to them. When it comes to gossip, when it seems like tasty morsels is really the leftovers of the trash that comes out of someone's mouth, you'll never forget that, will you? You'll never eat peanuts at someone's house again. Gossip may seem appealing to us and to others, but the end result of gossip is very damaging. And sometimes, I don't know why it is, but when it starts to being gossip, we men, we feel empowered when we do it. We feel we feed our pride when we do it. We lift ourselves up above others. See, gossip claims that I am strong because the other people I'm talking about are weak. again, if you've ever sat on the other side of gossip, you know how it feels. If you've been on the back end of this, I would ask you to show me. But I want—I don't want to see all the hands raised because I know it happens. Gossip hurts friends. It breaks relationships. It destroys friendships, and I want to tell you that it can also completely crushes churches. It makes others feel shameful, and they want to hide. It builds hatred about someone we're called to love. It separates those who God's called to be together in unity. Maybe some of you are feeling that way this morning. Because you have recently been victim of a destructive tongue. You know, we, we never, or almost, almost never, take in consideration when we gossip about others... We are framing the image of the one we're gossiping about to the one we're gossiping to. We almost never think of that. That as we are talking the trash about someone, we are putting an image of who they are in the mind of those we are talking to. So every time they see that person, they're going to have a mental image of who that person is and the stuff that you shared with them. And when they see them, they're going to, that's all they're going to think. They're going to think, oh, yeah, remember when Steve told me that? Susie said this, or John said that. Ooh, that's that person. Their image. Maybe their life at work with their family or in their ministry is tainted because of us. They're rejected on principle because of us. They become isolated and not want to be around anyone else because of us. And truth is, they hurt simply because we couldn't control our big fat mouths from showing throwing shade. Serious stuff, right, church? Here's the thing: if we're honest and if we're not lying you want to know about that, go back to listen to podcasts last week. No lying, right? If all of us were to put all of our junk on a table for everyone to see, the image, the image of how we look at everyone in a room and how everyone looks at us in this room would be drastically different. We put all of our junk for everyone to see. How we look at others and how others would look at us would be different. Our words, friends, are extremely powerful. And when we gossip, we speak death, not life. So what I want to do this morning, as we go to the remaining time left, I want to walk through, I want to dig into three questions for us. Three questions to ask when it starts starts coming to this idea of gossiping, before we start having conversations with us. These three questions will shape our heart and our mind when it comes to what comes out of our mouths. You with me? All right, open your Bibles, if you would, to Ephesians chapter four. Ephesians chapter four, we're starting at verse 29. If you grabbed a orange Bible out there on the table when you came in, you will find it on page 800. If you grabbed that Bible and you don't have a Bible of your own, please take it, it's our gift for you. Take it with you. We we desire for you to have a copy of God's word. If you didn't grab one and you don't have a Bible, grab it on your way out. We desire for you to have one. So here we go. Before we get into this, can we just take a second to pray? Man, I just want to pray about this because this is a pretty serious conversation. Let's lift up the God. Father, we thank you for who you are. We thank you that you're an awesome God above all creation. We thank you for your forgiveness in life. I thank you for the truth of your word. God, as we dig into this very sensitive topic about gossip and controlling our tongues and our mouths, Lord, just reveal the truth to us. Each and every person who are listening here in this room or listening online or listening on the podcast later, God, reveal to us, speak to us personally, individually, because this is deeply personal. Open our eyes to your truth, and may we decide, may we choose to live it out to bring you all the glory. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, so as we get into this, Ephesians, Ephesians was a letter written by a follower of Jesus' name, was Paul. Paul, what he did, he wrote to a whole bunch of churches, and right here, he's writing to the churches of Ephesus, calling to live out this new life in Jesus Christ that they received. He said, the old you is gone, the new you is here. This is how you're called to live. And in chapter four, as we dig in today, he starts digging deeper into what this new life in Christ looks like, and he continues with this idea with our mouths. And this morning, what he shares, and as we dig into this one verse, Ephesians 4.29, man, it's basically going to slap the gossip out of our mouths with one verse. So if you stop back on the screen, you can see it again. It says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. So if we look at this verse, we we'll stop right here and look at this verse. One thing, the first question we have to ask ourselves Is my conversation helpful or hurtful? Is the conversation we're going to have, that we're about to speak, is it going to be helpful or hurtful? That's a very serious question. Let's draw some clarity on this one. Because gossip is one of those things that is hard to see in a mirror. We become really creative when it comes to talking about others. One of the ways we do this, it's called a gossip gossip sandwich, right? We start off speaking something nice about someone we're, we're getting ready to talk about, only to throw a little trash in the middle, and then we end it with a little bit of nicety at the end. There's your gossip sandwich, right? Oh, I really like Susie. You know, she is growing in her relationship with the Lord Jesus, I'm not sure if I would hire her, though. You know, I heard she has sticky fingers, if you know what I mean. She was caught taking stuff from her last job. But hey, Paul says anyone who steals is stealing no longer, and that's what she's going for. Bless her heart. What? Was that conversation hurtful or helpful? Say it again. Yes. Even, even if. Even if Susie did have sticky fingers in her past job, and she turned her life to Jesus Christ and turned things around, why would we think that we need to share that with anyone? What would be the purpose? Here's the thing. Everything said must be true. Everything said must be true. But it doesn't mean that everything true must be said. In the church, when it comes to you and I, brothers and sisters in Christ, this body. One of the easy way that it flies out in the church is through prayer requests. Oh, I think we really should be praying for Todd. I'm really not. I'm not sure if you heard this or not, but at, I've noticed Todd and Lorraine aren't doing so well. They haven't been in church in a while. Someone told me that they saw Todd hanging out at the bar and he's been, you know, a little deep, if you know what I mean. So I think we should lift their marriage up. We should just pray for them right now. Lift them up to the Lord. What? Was that conversation hurtful or helpful? Why? Why? We just aired Todd and Lorraine's junk. When those people that we're asking to pray for Todd, now when they see them, what are they going to be thinking about? They have marriage problems. Things are good at home. Todd's going to the bar and getting drunk. Friends, in case we want to push back on this a little bit, so you know, Rich, we're in the church, we should be praying for people. Listen to James. James 1.26 is those who consider themselves religious and do not keep a tight rein on their tongues. What do they do? Deceive themselves. And their religion is what? <inaudible> Gotta love James. Just slaps you in the face. Gossip in his house by his families leaves us deceived. And the image that we are to show the rest of the world is worthless. We show them Jesus doesn't change anything. Second question. Second question we need to ask. Am I making private matters public? Private matters public. Look, let's look back at the verse. It says, "Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful, building up, according to their needs. Their needs, not everybody's needs, not our needs, but their needs." And I need to ask, do people need their faults and their failures to be to talk of the town? Say it. No. In the home, how about the home? Do they need do their faults and failures to be to talk of your home? How about small groups? What they need is for us to zip it. Gossip loves, 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 loves to go around and to tell secrets and to talk about others. And again, many of us have been victim of this. And also many of us have been the problem of this. Where someone shares something private that they're walking through because they trust the person they're speaking to and next thing you know, it's being shared. Everybody knows. And the person no longer wants to come to church. Because it looked at being like they're being judged and everybody knows their business and they're embarrassed. Our relationships, our friendships, our marriages, our addiction, sexuality, our brokenness, our family, even our past have all been public avenues for gossip to reign. So before we speak, we need to simply ask, am I making a private matter public? And if the answer is yes, third question, Third question, you guys are not smiling a lot today. Come on. <laughs> this is good stuff. Great. It's Jesus stuff. Yeah. All right? Okay, third question we need to ask. One, this is very important. Am I permitting others to gossip? Am I permitting others to gossip? Mm-hmm. Look back at the verse. Do let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. By the way, reference the word your. This is again deeply personal. Your mouths but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. And there's the last part. That it may benefit those who listen. That it may benefit those who listen. In what I'm about to say, benefiting those who are listening. The ones maybe we intended to speak to and the ones who were in earshot of our conversation We forget about that, that there's other people in the room. Parents, we may not want to admit this, but our kids know more about people than we know. Because we forget that they're in earshot, they're sitting at the dining, the dinner table with us, or their bedroom door is open down the hall. And then we get busy flapping our gums, gossiping to our spouses, and voila. Our kids know more than they should. And they start talking to their friends. If they're teenagers, they can post about it. Snapchat it, whatever that is. When we are gossiping, We are giving permission, giving the person we're gossiping to permission to do the same. We're telling them, hey, I'm telling you all this stuff so you can go tell everybody else about all this stuff. Does it benefit those who are listening? Are we taking them down with our words or are we lifting people up? Are we spreading ungodliness, gangrene, and killing others with our words? Are we willing to speak life? One verse. One verse. And completely annihilates the idea that gossip is a good thing. The gossip is an okay thing. A beneficial thing. A God thing. Now we have three questions, three questions to ask. Is my conversation hurtful or helpful? Am I making things private matters public? Am I permitting others to gossip? Now I want to give you one other question, one more question that stops gossip in its track when someone comes to you and it's simply this, why are you telling me this? Why are you telling me this? Am I One of the phrases I like, Stephen, I like to use, am I part of the problem or the solution? If I'm not part of the problem or I'm not part of the solution, man, I don't want to know. There's no reason for me to know. This, is con- this conversation is hurtful. There's someone else, why are you telling me this? This conversation is bringing a private matter by someone that I really don't know, and you're making it public. Why are you telling me this? It's tarnishing the image of that person. It may be crushing their ministry and how they serve. Maybe they push them out of the church. Why are you telling me this? And what you're doing, when you tell me this, you're giving me permission to go tell everybody else, why are you telling me this? Ask that question. Put it back out there. Shut it down. It's that simple. Because whatever we permit someone to say to us, we are promoting it at the same time. We're chewing on the disgusting, previously sucked on peanuts as if they're delicious morsels. Why are you telling me this? You know, Jesus said that one day that we'll be held accountable for every empty word that we say. Every word. And friends, gossip is 100% empty words. So instead of gossip, here's an idea. Let's try something different. Let's try something different. What if we got caught not gossiping but encouraging others. We encourage them. What if, what if we turned this whole thing, of gossip was wheel on its head? What would that look like? Is That we tur- used our words to lift other people's up. Hey, did you hear what Jim said about you? No. I didn't hear what Jim said about me. He said that you're an inspiration to others around you. He wishes he can influence people for Christ like you do. You're speaking about somebody, but what's the difference? You lifted them up. You saw the beauty of what God was doing in their life. You encouraged them. Or maybe, did you hear what Susie said? I don't know who Susie is, but her name's written here like 400 times. Um, Do you hear what Susie said? No. What should she say? She said the way you serve others, the way you serve other people is an example to follow and it's caused her her to realize that she needs to step in and serve like Jesus did because that's what you do. You did that. Thank you. Do you see the difference? Radically different. What if we are called encouraging and not gossiping? I just need to share, if we actually lived that out, the lives of many would be safe. So when we get this idea that gossip is a good thing, just remember, just remember, you're eating the trash that was sucked on and spit-slopped of a mouth of someone else. I don't want that for me. God doesn't want that for us. So let's stop throwing shade. Amen? All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for this morning, God. Thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace. God, this is an easy one. This is not an easy one at all because, again, it's completely accepted and promoted and loved in by culture and society outside of you. So thank you, Lord, for making it real and real simple to see in your word. Thank you, Lord, for the honesty we have in this room to, to just challenge ourselves to, to, to your word and how you've called us to live as your children. I pray, God, that we, we will be the difference, that we will stand in the gap and be different, that our lives, including our mouths, will bring you the glory, that when we sing your praises one moment, we're not gossiping in a second that we are encouragers, we're kingdom difference makers, we're reaching people for Jesus. Lord, we celebrate Sophia's decision to surrender her life to you this morning too. God, I pray that you don't stop, that people coming to Christ through this ministry will be a weekly event, and we are always, always going to celebrate that truth. Right now, I'm going to invite our prayer team to come forward, and uh, if you are in this, room and you are walking through things and you are struggling with things in life, I want to encourage you to come forward and be prayed with and prayed over. We want to speak the words of life into your life. We want to lift you up for the Lord of glory because when one person hurts, we all hurt. So if I don't know where you're at this morning, what you're struggling, what you're dealing with at home, I want to call you up at the end of service to be prayed over and prayed with. Or maybe you're in this room and you've been kicking the tires of Christianity and you have have never given your life to Jesus Christ. You heard about this young lady, Sophia, who who surrendered life and you have more questions. What does it mean to give my life to Jesus? What does it mean to surrender all to him, to make him the Lord of my life? Man, if that is you this morning, you've never done that. I just want to, I want to just, just do not walk out those doors without making it right with Jesus Christ this morning. Do not walk out those doors and engage life without coming forward and surrendering your life to the King of Kings. We believe that Jesus changes everything and as he continues to change us, shape our hearts, shape our lives, man, he can radically change you in a moment. He can take you from a place of death and give you the place of eternal life to be with him. If that's you, come forward after service. Our prayer team wants to wrap their arms and their hearts and their love around you and lift you up as you surrender at all. God, thank you again. Thank you for able to step in your house, to sing your praises, to worship you and you alone. Thank you for our church and what you're doing. God, don't stop. Lead us. Strengthen us and encourage us to make more and better disciples of your son, Jesus Christ, in whose name I pray, amen.